to the First Year Experience Podcast. I'm Dr. Jose Saldivar, and today I'm joined by... Sarah Espinosa. Hello, my Peña. And Nicole Nicholson. Thank you all for joining me today. And today, I believe we are talking about a um, dreaded four-letter word, read. Uh, and, and before we start, so um, a week ago, I was leading a... Uh, professional development session with faculty in um, at the CTE and I shared a story with the faculty regarding my own experiences with reading and as a as a high school student I, I told the story that I never read a book and I made it through high school because because a lot of the standardized testing emphasized reading passages and, and, and that sort of thing there was never I don't ever remember getting a book in class and reading a book and so I was telling the faculty that, that summer I went and I got a, a, a library card and, and I forced myself to read like a book a week because I was so scared because I knew in college I was going to have to read. What is it about reading that scares us? <laughs> Why is it our, the topic of conversation today? Maybe you guys can tell me that. Well, I cringed when you said that it was the dreaded four-letter word because I think reading is great. <laughs> I have had that. I've had the opposite experience of that. I know that, Paloma, you've had some positive experiences with reading, right? Yes, I have. I've had with... Um... Can you repeat the question? But have you always had a positive experience, a positive relationship with reading? Uh, here at school or? In, in general. Yes, in I have actually. <laughs> I've had uh, with my father. My father was just, yeah, he's always reading. You mm -hmm. see him, he's sitting down, he was reading, he was in his car, he was reading, he was on the couch, he was reading, he was having breakfast, he was reading. It was like maybe it was compulsive or something. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you see something like that, and it's like, hey, that's cool. I want to do that, too. So I looked up uh, to him a lot. He read just a variety of things, all kinds of different things. And I guess it stuck. His thing with me was rewarding me with um, books or money to buy books at this classic uh, book fairs. Yeah. So I think he was my... Um, Ooh, my sponsor, my literacy sponsor, I yeah. think. Uh, he also kind of taught me to read English and uh, a little bit of English because she could speak a little bit of English, uh -huh. Spanish, so I can read both. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he kind of taught me to compare between the words uh, in English and Spanish and how they're the same, uh -huh. how they have, you know, like some of the same root words. Things like that. Yeah. Wow. That was nice. It sounds sounds like such a rich experience. <laughs> uh -huh. Have you know to have somebody there yeah. to it I think it's one thing to to give somebody a book, yeah. but to make it so much a part of your relationship with this person, right? I'm gonna read this book and then we're gonna talk about the words or pay attention to the words mm -hmm. and where do they come from and what do they mean, right? Versus uh, I, th I feel like so much of the reading that we're expected to do is here, read this. Why? Because I'm asking you to read it, right? Mm -hmm. Versus this very organic, this just sort of this relationship, right, yeah. that, that we, that's at the heart of it. Tell me about your relationship with reading. Well, mine's the complete opposite. Um, <laughs> 
like I never really had like both of my parents speak Spanish and they didn't go to like the furthest education they got was like maybe first grade mm -hmm. um, so we moved here when I was young and all they would tell me was just like well I'm gonna translate it they'd just be like do it in school like do what they say and stuff like that so when it came to reading yeah. and I needed their help they were like they really never knew how they were just like like pay attention yeah. be careful get A's like I never really had somebody like I have an older sister but and she was actually a Harry Potter fanatic so like she would tell me like oh read this but I was too young like I didn't understand yeah. so it wasn't until maybe senior year of high school when um, I took a dual course for English 1302 and I had a really good professor and he wrote his own books and like uh, he shared them with his class and he actually retired this year so it was really sad because my sister didn't <laughs> get to have him um, but he's the one who really inspired me to actually pay attention and like realize that reading was going to be a very important part part of college like that I really had to pay attention to what I was reading and uh, yeah that was like the only person that really impacted me because my family wasn't like they were just like do good like read <laughs> so, so you 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 um, you prefaced your your story by saying that you had a completely opposite mm -hmm. but, but it sounds like you had a very similar story it just wasn't your parents it was no. some there was somebody, somebody else, else that yeah, served yeah. as I, I think that's as, what I meant <laughs> yes yeah, as, as Paloma described it the, your literacy sponsor right? mm -hmm. But we don't all have literacy sponsors. No. And I do want to say <clears throat> that I wish I could remember the author's name. I think it's Rick Evans. He wrote an article called Schooled Literacy about how a lot of us have these really positive experiences with reading when we're little because mm. we're spending time with somebody that we love, maybe a, a sister, a, a, a father figure, somebody whose grandmother's reading with us. We're reading these books. We're enjoying it. It's fun. <clears throat> and all we're asked to do is really just read and enjoy the book. But then as we move into middle school, it becomes, why are we reading? Because my teacher told me to, right? Yeah. And so suddenly that element of choice is removed, and my, re my purpose for reading is simply because somebody else told me to complete it. And so that desire for reading really wanes. And so, I mean, there's in this particular study that he did, it showed that even though interest in reading started out high, it really dipped in, in middle school and for sure in high school, so that reading became something that we was like a chore instead yeah. of something that we would do for pleasure, right? So, Nicole, we, we haven't heard your story. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a faculty member, right? So you're, yeah. you're part of you know, for, for students coming in, students may be, okay, this is my instructor, this is my teacher, she's going to expect me to read or she's going to sign reading. Yeah. How do, you, how do you see your role? Because I think students maybe see you in, in a particular role, but how do you see your role? Well, um, in our 13, English 1301 classes, the first assignment that we do is our literacy narrative, and, and Paloma was my 1301 student too, so you know, talking about those ideas of, of how, how did that relationship with reading or writing begin, and some students have really positive experiences and some students don't, and we try to encourage our students to look at, you know, how, what is your relationship with reading now, and how did you get there, right? Like how. Well, who were your sponsors or what sponsors were absent and how did you form that relationship with reading that you have now? And then to sort of, once we take stock of that, not to blame anybody or anything like that, but rather to say, okay, this is where I am, where do I want to be, right? And what steps can I take to become the kind of reader that I want to be? And so in my class, I take that very seriously. Um, you know, we ask our students to read these texts that for a lot of them are very different from the kind of text that they read in high school. Um, we're asking them to read scholarly articles. And what's more, we're asking them to be able to understand them and use them in, in a researched argument, right? 
And so that's a lot of different reading skills that maybe they're not familiar with. So I don't think it's fair to just say, here, read this, work with it. So um, I teach my students reading strategies. And at the beginning, there's a lot of pushback. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. don't like it. They They don't like it initially. But... <clears throat> for some of them, not for everybody, but for some of them, you know, they find strategies that are useful for them that, that, that click and, and it, it kind of helps them to decide, okay, there are things that I can do to become the kind of reader that I want to be. So let me ask you, you said you get pushback from students. What do you hear? What, what's what's the, the common argument that a student makes or, or, or maybe if a student opens up to you and says that they struggle with reading or... The, or, or whatever it is that they're dealing with related to reading, what do you hear? Well, um, first of all, I hear that it's boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I say to them, you know, I I get that. You know, I have to read things that I don't like to read either. So one of the things that we think about for being an active reader instead of a passive reader is finding a purpose for your reading, right? So that you're not only reading because my instructor told me to, that there's something for myself, some kind of intrinsic motivation or some kind of intrinsic purpose that I have for myself or what I'm looking for. Maybe I'm making personal connections with the text to make that that uh, reading experience more purposeful and more interesting to me. I also get a lot of students when I, when I first t- uh, start teaching these strategies that give me pushback because it takes longer. And I think that there's this misconception that because there is so much reading in college, that means that we need to be speed reading. And indeed, when I was in college, the only kind of reading classes I ever saw were speed reading classes. Take this class so you can read your stuff faster, right? (laughs) (laughs) But so that's really a a big mind shift, I think, for students to know that, no, 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 reading actively and engaged in an engaged way, the way your professors want you to at college, is not reading faster. It is reading in a, in a more active way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sometimes it's hard for them too because they're used to just like picking it up and reading it from the beginning to the end. They might not be able to tell me too much about it and they yeah. probably haven't had a lot of their own original thoughts about it. As opposed to slowing down, it takes them longer, but they're thinking about it. They've got something to say about it, yeah. right? And those are yeah. the kinds of skills we hope that they develop in college. Mm-hmm. How did you all, thank you, how did, how did you all react to the class? So you're coming into this English class. There are some expectations that are put forth. Um, did you embrace reading? Did you embrace collegiate reading or coming into the classroom and being exposed to maybe new kinds of literacy, new kinds of literature, the academic articles, how did you all approach it? Were you hesitant? Were you part of that pushback or did you embrace it? Well, I um, went in a week late, so whenever, <laughs> I signed up a week late, so whenever I got there, she was like, oh, you need to do active reading notes, and I was like, what is that? And she was very good about um, informing us, and she posted on Blackboard, like, different videos on different strategies that we could use, and I had never heard of this. Like, in my 1301 class, nobody was really, like, like, it was mainly about essays, like, that's what it was, but I really love how in her class, she really... Um, puts like reading into it like she really teaches you how to read and how to break down an article especially scholarly articles they're more like difficult mm-hmm. um, so whenever I like saw her videos I was like what like I have never done anything like this so we use like different strategies like um, ask you like ask quite like just read the title and read the introduction and then ask yourself some questions or like do predictions as to what you think the article is going to be about and mm-hmm. then as 
you read, how do you um, relate to it? Or like, if you don't understand a certain word, like look it up. And like, I just really liked all those strategies because it helped me understand. And especially some of the articles she would give us, they're a little bit more like out of my reach. Like I was like, oh, out of my comfort zone. I didn't yeah. really understand. But once I put those active notes into effect, like, um, like it really helped like a lot. And I've only, like it's mid semester and I already learned a lot more than I did like in all my years of like being an English class, <laughs> honestly. So part of your, it sounds like part of your apprehension was just it was new. Yeah, it was new. I mean, these like, strategies you've never seen mm-hmm. or heard of. Yeah, and that's because I mean I'm a junior and like certain like this is a very special professor. I'm not just saying it because she's here. <laughs> like, like it really like she really does care about her students and care that they understand the material. Other yeah. professors are just like here you go, do the work. Like. I don't care what you do, just do the work. Yeah. And her, it's like, um, I've learned a lot, like how to, and it, it's really gonna pay off in the long run because I wanna be in the nursing program. And um, like, I've heard that they do a lot of essays, APA style and stuff like that. So she's making us uh, do a research paper. And uh, like like I said, I just, like just in the matter of like half, like mid semester, I've already learned so much, like since the like, last three years I've been here. So it's really made a big difference. Wow. Aloma, how did you come to the class or how did you approach I it? came into this class thinking, oh, well, you know, it's going to be um, pretty similar to the last one. Piece of cake, we got this. When we started working, I was like, whoa. <laughs> 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 she, she did work, yeah. just, this is very different. Yeah. It's more research. Uh, base we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to do how to correctly do research because I thought I was you know pretty good at it but I wasn't <laughs> so you know she's polishing up uh, she taught me so there's a lot of things that I didn't know to begin with so she taught me a lot of uh, uh, these research strategies and then polished up on my reading strategies um, also, it's one thing she mentioned about the reading fast. I'm a really fast reader, but sometimes I can read a whole book in three days, two mm-hmm. days, whatever, big books. But I didn't understand what I read, you know? Yeah. So she taught me how to really break everything down and, you know, take these notes. And, you know, they seem silly sometimes, little drawings and stuff. But when I actually come back to look at my notes, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. That's why I did that. Oh, okay, yeah, now it makes sense. Okay, you know, just little silly things like that that make you really see everything come together and understand things better. So reading fast is not always good. (laughs) and one thing and another thing is that who I wanted to ask who chooses the articles that we read do you choose them Mm -hmm. you choose them she's got a knack for them (laughs) (laughs) because sometimes I think like why is this important but then when I actually break it down and Uh I start to read them I understand why she chose this specific article and she's good at that She's really good at that. So you, well, thank you. But yeah. you know, actually, I think that that is probably a, a, a fault on my part, and maybe a lot of your instructors uh, that we have thought carefully about what we want our students to read. Um, but we just we've already done that thinking, and so we're just like, well, we'll just give it to them, and they'll read it, and they'll we'll come to these conclusions yeah. that we want them to come to, right? Um, and I think that 
it would be useful if more more professors and instructors would say from the beginning, I'm giving you this article and here's the reasons why. It's to help to, for, to help students to kind of get into that habit of mind of what's your purpose? Why are we reading this article? How is this going to benefit you so that it is not just I'm reading it because she told me to, right? Mm -hmm. And if our professors are not doing that and our instructors are not doing that, for as students and as active readers for us to ask, why are we reading this? And not in a rude or snide way, but just to say, what, what is it that you're hoping for us to, to take from this and to start to forming those, those active reading habits for themselves, right? As, as students, do you all appreciate when a professor gives you the reason, the rationale of, around why they're asking you to do something or to read yes. something? Especially now. Yes. Because yes. yeah. you want to yes. know the point of it. You're like, why are we doing this? So I can already know what to look for as I read. And it really helps discussing it as well, like with the professor, not just like with, like it's good when she puts us in groups and mm -hmm. we discuss the article, but it's good when she puts in her piece and she's like, okay, this is why, and um, did you guys come to these conclusions? And like she um, interacts with us with like discussing what we read, mm -hmm. not just like, oh, here you go, read it. You guys discuss amongst each other because then we're going to be like, oh, I didn't get it. And then, yeah. yeah, like it's really good to interact with the professor and with each other after we read and know the point of it beforehand as well. Anything? Uh, I think, um, as far as appreciating the professor, yes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I appreciate more is that she, uh, obviously, she went into this specific field of study mm -hmm. because. She likes it, one, and two, she's good at it. She's good, and um, I think I had a lot of English teachers and reading teachers, whatever, when I was in uh, grammar school and high school, and um, maybe they did it because, I don't know, it paid, you know? <laughs> and uh, But she's doing it because she likes it. She likes her job. She wants us to uh, learn. I see that yeah. she has a way of uh, getting to you. She has a way of, of making you see things the way that uh, yeah. that will help you. So I appreciate that about her. Uh, I hope she keeps doing that oh, the way right. that she is. Yes, I've had really this semester. I've had really good luck with all of my professors. All of them have been really good about that, whereas past experiences were not that great. So. Wow. But I think, I think that, that something to take from that, though, is thinking about, well, if I get into a situation where <clears throat> you know, I have these readings assigned and I don't know, I'm not seeing these connections, but I can compare that to situations where that, those connections have been made for me, mm -hmm. that I can, as a student, you know, that's sort of part of your job as a college student is to try to start making some of those connections and to ask, you know, when, if, we, if we need to potentially, right? So, <laughs> so well, that, that's great. I, I think that's a, that's a nice way to kind of segue towards sort of bringing, bringing some closure here to this discussion. For the student that, that maybe hasn't had that experience, what advice would you give the student, the student, the, maybe the, the, the incoming student, first year student, who is reluctant, who is apprehensive, who has this fear around reading, right. or maybe just these um, um, insecurities around them. Right. What, what advice would you give students? Well, some very practical advice would be to keep your eyes open for reading workshops, because we do, we have an ink spot, 
Um, it's a reading institute, and mm. we uh, host reading workshops throughout the year. So in the fall, we have reading workshops specifically for thir English 1301 students. So if they're coming in as freshmen without that 1301 credit, then they are absolutely invited, and they get that direct invitation, and so they should go. Um, I've also run those workshops through the first-year experience program. I'm running some of those workshops right now through the Learning Center. So they're happening. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say to take advantage of them and to try something new right and, and to try something <clears throat> that isn't necessarily again that that isn't necessarily going to make reading easier it's going to be some work and so sometimes we think about like you know how how can i tell that you read that article i can tell that you worked it like i can look at your your marginal notes and i can tell that you did some work and so i guess i would encourage students to maybe think differently about the way they are approaching reading and <clears throat> not necessarily to sort of see themselves as this receptacle of, of knowledge from this article that they're supposed to just consume, but rather to try to find ways to actively construct that knowledge to get closer to maybe what the author was that wanted to, to communicate and whether that be with visualization strategies or with uh, prediction strategies. But small little changes can make a big difference. Um, but yeah, for real, like the main thing is like don't just stop reading passively, right? Like to stop sitting on your hands while you read. Like you can't read without a pencil yeah. in your hand. Yeah. You've got to be able to make those notes and do something. And and really, it's just like anything. It snowballs. You know, a lot of times when I have students that start out and they 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 don't really buy into it, and slowly, like I force them to do it for the first couple <laughs> of assignments, right? And then afterwards, I don't force them. I do give them some some extra credit for motivation, but some students continue to do it and they see them, they tell me that they're doing it in their other classes because it, it becomes a habit, yeah. right? And so if you find one or two things that can help you, those two habits can grow um, and maybe lead you to new habits. And it's not as if these particular strategies that I happen to teach in class are the only strategies to use, yeah. but it's more about uh, uh, telling yourself, okay, I'm not gonna read this the way I would read a novel for fun or the way I used to read you know, novels for fun in middle school or elementary school maybe, but rather I've got to, I've got to try something different about mm -hmm. reading. Um, and be willing to develop your own reading process, I guess, and be really willing to do a little bit of that work, I guess. Terrific. <laughs> how, about, how about you all? What advice would you give students? I'm hoping my son picks up on this. <laughs> uh, uh, what advice? Well, um, for reading, like that's the height or the notes, you know, just... Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but uh, notes. Just just taking some Take notes, notes reading, you read. reading things, reading, skim through things. I like to skim through it first, just a little bit. It's kind of how she taught us. Just skim through it a little bit, whatever you're reading, and just take small notes and come back to it. And um, there's she explained to us, I think it was the first semester that I was with her, how um, there will be things that you read a million times and you still won't understand don't get frustrated I used to get really frustrated I noticed that with my biology books I started taking crazy amounts of notes on the books I'm writing all over my my books but that is helping me actually understand better whereas before I wasn't doing that you know mm -hmm. and it was just reading 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 and I wasn't understanding anything now I'm picking up better on you know form and function 
in biology. I'm picking up on it a little bit better. It's weird, but it works everywhere. It's not just for English. It'll work everywhere. Awesome. So, so take good. notes. I have to agree with her, those active reading notes. Not just like the, like, oh yeah, I'm reading, I'm going to write the same thing, the passage just that, like, no, you have to actively do it. Like, you have to... Like, I don't know, you have to take your class. We're trying to give advice to students who don't get to take your class. So, no. so but, I, but I think right now, yeah, active just, reading notes. Yeah, right? just active reading notes, like um, read the title, predict what it's going to be about, um, skim, skim through it, and then don't just read it once. That's the thing. Like, that's the number one rule. Don't just read it once. You have to really, like, um, break it down and get as much information as you can out of it. Like. That's that's just like the main advice I and have. And I would say too, do not be afraid to be wrong. Like not be yeah. afraid to not understand. Mm -hmm. You make a prediction, it's not the right prediction, so what? At least you're engaged, right? You asked yeah. a question and you don't Definitely. know the answer for it, so what? At least you're thinking about it. That's yeah. more than you were doing before, yeah. right? So to try to sort of move beyond being afraid to be wrong. Yeah, because I was definitely afraid when we were first doing the discussions. I was like, what if nobody thought the same thing I did? But honestly, <laughs> like everybody usually has like the same thoughts or like around like you don't feel alone but I was always scared I was like oh my god I don't want to talk but no like you need to like she said you can't be afraid to express what you learned from the passage that you read Thank you all so much for joining me today and, and it was incredibly instructional for me uh, and eye-opening um, and exciting I, I uh, anytime I get to meet students that are engaged and excited about what they're doing what they're learning and then how they're using that in other classes and other aspects of their lives, that's always exciting for me. And then it's always exciting to meet faculty that are not only challenging our students, but are also providing incredible support. So thank you for what you do, and thank you all for joining me today. Thank you. Thank, thank you for the invitation. That concludes this episode of the First Year Experience Podcast. Join us next time. And as always, you can find us on SoundCloud um, and on iTunes. Bye-bye. Um,